They're the What's going on, everybody? It is your boy, Corey Ryan Forster. Here we are at the Well Read Podcast. We appreciate y'all being here, telling your friends, liking, subscribing, downloading, all that good stuff. The early portion of this show, as always, brought to you by me and the boys' uh, other endeavors. I've got CoreyWritesForYou.com, my subscription service where you can sign up for five bucks a month and get bonus podcasts and essays and videos and all sorts of good stuff. Me and Trey also have putting on airs the new hit podcast where into hillbilly dipshits talk about fancy stuff. Trey, what you got going on, buddy? You can go to TreyCrowder.com and check out my live dates. Come and see me. I sure would appreciate that. Failing that, or in addition to that, depending on how sweet you are, you can go to Patreon.com slash Trey Crowder. Got a bunch of extra stuff on the Patreon there. If you want to support your boy, and then the only other thing that hasn't been mentioned yet is the weekly political podcast, Weekly Skews, every Tuesday night at 5 Pacific, but then it just stays on my channels after that, so you ain't got to watch it live, but yeah. Hits, hits. Uh, I normally right now would throw to Drew, but uh, a lot of y'all know that Drew, it was his birthday last week, and he was at Burning Man, and he's, he's on his way back, or he's at, he's, he's having technical difficulties. He's texted us, and he's like, guys, I'll, I'll be on in a second. I don't know if it's computer, his computer or what, and which is a huge bummer because Drew is actually bringing on a special guest this week, and it's his Uncle Terry, mm-hmm. um, who was at at Burning Man with him, and Uncle Terry's already in the waiting room, and I don't know Drew's Uncle Terry that well, but from what I've heard about the guy, I don't really think he's somebody we want to keep waiting, so if it's okay with you, Trey, I'm just going to go ahead and bring Uncle Terry on. Who am I to keep Uncle Terry waiting, baby? Bring, uh, Yeah, do uh, it. Okay, Uncle Terry, can you hear me? Can you can you see me? I, I got you there, boys. I can see you too. How you doing? Oh, we're good, man. We're good. So uh, so do you, you have any idea what's what's wrong with Drew here? What's what's going on? Buddy, I've spent all week with him. There's a million things wrong with him. But if you're asking me why he can't get no internet, no, he's probably got dust all over his computer. So how was you, was this your first, con- I mean, was this your first festival of any type this burning? Yeah, it was my first. Well, I've been to the Rhubarb Festival a couple of times. They got down the road here, but I ain't never been to no something like this. Rhubarb Festival. Yeah, they got it down the road here, but it wasn't, it right. ain't even remotely the same. How'd what you get roped into like this a, whole deal? Well, they said they was going to party out in the field. I said, hell, let me go, you know. And then I said, they said, those are going to be naked women there. I said, all right, let's do it. Right. Bunch of hippies, though, ain't it? It ain't hard to talk me into nothing. I wouldn't call them hippies. You know, hippies is dirty. These people was nasty. But um, <laughs> okay. hippies got some self-respect. I tell you that right now. Uh, <laughs> I got to be honest with you, these boys. I was out there. I mean, I didn't have a bad time because Uncle Terry has a good time wherever he's at, especially if he's in yeah. his RV. But oh, yeah. uh, I, I can't say I get it. I can't say I understand what the big deal is. Does that make sense? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, I've like. I've never been, and I am not the type of person who likes to be. You know, I've told many times on this podcast. You probably don't know uh, Uncle Terry. I don't know if you listen to this program, but I'm a I'm, I'm a big no, shower. I mostly just listen to uh, uh, George Jones. Yeah, okay, that's fair. Um, I, I'm a big showerer, so it's never really had an appeal to me. But I mean, it does seem like everybody really gets into it. Like it's a it's a big deal. Yeah, I only shower once a week myself, but that's also a problem. I only shower once a week because I don't need to. But yeah, I'm not. Listen, I want to be very clear. I'm saying I don't know what the big deal is. I'm uh-huh. not saying I don't get what they think the big deal is. Because here's my thing. All right, you say we're gonna go out in the middle of nowhere party. Get a little freaky and then burn some shit. Well, goddamn, we do that every weekend. Why you gotta yeah, make such a big deal about it and go our way out in the desert and get all hot? You know what I mean? I, I fucked Drew's uncle Tiffany in the back of an S10 last weekend. Let her put her his, finger on my butt and then we shot some gas Tiff- cans. His uncle Tiffany. That's uh. <laughs> Did I say uncle I Tiffany? Say I've been hanging out with well, these motherfuckers one week yeah. and I'm already confused yeah. about gender. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's. Hey, I wasn't going to say anything because it's your your prerogative, uh, Uncle Terry. No, I don't do prerogatives. Ain't nothing wrong with it, but it's not Uncle Terry style. I'm more into women. But what I'm trying to say is that if you just want to blow stuff up in a field, I get it. Why you got to go out there and go through all that to do it? You know what do I mean? They, yeah, I mean, I'm with you, Uncle that a, Terry. It was a fun party. Man? Don't misunderstand me, boys. It's just you can have fun parties in the goddamn infield of the Daytona 500. Like, you ain't got to be out there and not have no water or nothing. 
So what was Drew getting up to? Like, I mean, can you fill me in on a little bit more of why he might be missing right now? He got butt booty naked on day one. I didn't see him for five days. And when he came back, his beard was a different color. And he was like, it's the dust. I said, I don't think so, son. It's the sin. You know, I've seen Drew naked a lot of times, but I don't know if I've ever seen him butt booty naked. That is a different type of Uh naked. Well, you know, back where I come from, we say people need to be washed in the blood of Jesus to get the sin off. But I'm not sure even that would get that shit off. So it's your first festival. Do you and Drew hang out normally and 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 party together? How would I can't say we hang out normally, but yeah, we party together. The main things we got in common is we like tits and weed. Yeah, and we try not to talk about nothing else. You know what I mean? It's like fuck corporations. Let's get high. But then if it goes any further than that, we end up fighting. I have to assume there was plenty of titties and weed at Burning Man. Did you get uh, tangled up in any of that? Uh. No comment, because Aunt Tiffany might be listening, uh, but I did get tangled up. Yeah, and, and you're a monogamous man. We can uh, we can respect that. Uh, monogamous? Yeah, that's yeah. what I said, I think. Monogamous. <laughs> Is that monogamous? Monogamous? Like, you know what I mean? Oh, like a rap song. Yeah, they're doing yeah, that, yeah, too. Exactly. That's pretty good. Yeah. Oh, did you enjoy the rap? Yeah, I like rap. Who was there? Can you they remember any of their names correctly? Oh, I don't know their names. It sounded like okay. computer chips. Okay, I believe that might be the EDM. How much music, music is there going on at Burning Man? All of it, every ten feet. You can't hear your own fucking self think. You can't even hear the music because of the music. You ever heard that before? You ever had that happen to you? Is it all coming it's out like, of speakers, or are there people performing this music? What do you mean? Are there well, like, oh, is it like playing a, it, instruments, or are they just blasting music from very large sound systems around art installations and shit? Son, it's both, but also I don't think you quite understand what's going on at this particular event. There's like a I shark driving don't. around. Looks like a car, but it's a shark. So, like, was it coming out of speakers? Was it coming out of a, a button? Was it coming out of a violin? Might have been coming out of a man's asshole. I have no fucking clue. The shit I saw out there on that desert, I can't even begin to explain to you. Now, I want to back up here for a second because it's possible that what you meant was it was a car that looks like a shark, but what you said was it's a shark that looks like a car. Yeah, and apparently also I called my dearly beloved Uncle Tiffany. What I'm trying to tell you boys is I'm asked backwards since being in the desert. Yeah. Yeah, right, right. Desert got terribly fucked up. I'm really sorry that Drew wasn't able to uh, hop on here, but we're, we're really glad that you came. Yeah, buddy, I came a lot, and I appreciate all them people that helped me out with that, but uh, I'm going to have to get out of here before I get myself in too much trouble. Plus, I'm a little tarred. Yeah, you, yeah. you are a little tarred, a little I tarred. can tell you. <laughs> right Let's call him Feathered because he's tarred, baby. Yeah. That that's actually was my ply name, Feathered. Feathered. Well, well, hey, Uncle Terry, everybody, and uh, hopefully we know you got to get out of here, I assume, to go to work. That's none of your business. You're Thank right. You it's not. <laughs> Uncle Terry, everybody, hopefully we'll be back right after this with uh, Drew Morgan, we hope. Okay, and we're back. We have uh, we have Drew. Drew, we just talked to your Uncle Terry. Yeah? Yeah. How was that? Oh, well, it, was, right. it was fine. He said that y'all uh, y'all had a little bit of fun there at the, uh, at the Burning Man. Uh, yeah, he just showed up. Uncle, I didn't know he was coming. I didn't realize your uncle, you had an uncle, same name as my... Late father. My dad's name mm-hmm. was Terry. Today is actually his uh, his birthday. Would have been his birthday if he wasn't. Oh, you know, happy birthday, dad. Yeah, he'd have been sixty six years old. Not to derail anything, but Uncle Terry reminded me very much of Spook Terry, which was uh, mm-hmm. my daddy. Also liked to party. Seemed like a bit of a party animal. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, Uncle Terry's a party animal. I think he was in Reno gambling and uh, found out I was coming through from my mom, and he just came with me. He didn't even have a ticket. He didn't need one. Yeah, of course. Guys like that, they just kind of, I mean, you know, my uncle used to always just say, well, all you got to do is act like you belong. They'll oh, yeah, he told him he worked there. Did he tell you all that? Yeah. He, he got to no. the gate. He was like, yeah, I'm here to fix the porta potties. They just He showed him his tattoos and they let him in. Yeah, <laughs> I did that. I did that at Bonnaroo once to get in one of the, because I was with Chris Key who did, he was a vendor there because Chris, worked, he's like a, he works in food wholesales whatever the hell anyway he was a he was like a vendor there and so he had one of the vendor bracelets and they had their own separate you didn't have to go through security or stand in line you know you just walk right through this gate but you had to have a special vendor bracelet which i didn't but he told me he was like yeah he's gonna help me unload that truck right over there and he just pointed at a truck and they were like all right 
And uh, <laughs> so I got to roll on through. It was pretty sweet. Taking a page out of Uncle Terry's book there. But uh, I got a bunch of questions. The foremost yeah, for sure. on my mind, just because of how I've been living. So here in Burbank, here in the San Fernando Valley over these past few days, it's been hotter than the devil's asshole. It's been mm-hmm. you know, 105 plus not on record-breaking heat wave uh, up here. And, and even in my house with the air conditioner on, we've been hot as fuck during the daytime. And I'm just wondering what the heat was like out there. You know, Yeah, uh, borderline unbearable from yeah. about 10 a.m. to about 5.30 p.m. And right. apparently the... <laughs> Only for eight um, hours, though. Well, apparently the consistency of that, meaning it was daily that hot with, with very little reprieve. There was one day it got cooler because of a dust storm. So, you know, you <laughs> you could breathe in the in the heat, but not in the actual air. But anyway, um, apparently that's not that common. And I, I know this sounds silly, what I'm about to say, but everybody's like, usually you have some days where it's more like 90 or 93, not 100 to 105. And for those Mm. of you who aren't from California, like 90, 93 sounds unbearable. But if you're in shade and it's dry heat, 90 and 105 are very, very different. For For sure. sure. Especially if Um, you've got, if you're like, if you've experienced 105 and then 90 shows up, you know, in that case, you're like, yeah, 90 ain't bad at all. Yeah. Yeah. And you get acclimated to it all. So um, even the veterans, I was with uh, of of Burns past were like, you know, by Wednesday or Thursday, they were like, this is something else. It's supposed to get cool because we were expecting it to get cool on Wednesday or Thursday and it, and it really didn't. Um, so it were was you there for a whole week. Difficult. Yeah. You don't necessarily have to be. Um, right. But yeah, we were, we went early because actually I can't fully get into that. Um, but uh, we were not supposed to be there the whole time. <laughs> um, like from a ticketing standpoint. No, uh, Andy had. I'll tell y'all later. It's not. Yeah, yeah, it's right, not like right. fun or funny or anything like that. Yeah, right, right, right. I was considering staying the whole time, the whole time, uh, and I did stay the whole time. I know that doesn't make sense. I'm very no. I hear you. I, I I think I get it. Uh, so, so you know, at Bonnaroo every year, I'm not trying to be morbid. I'm just trying to compare and contrast festivals. There's always at least you know, a couple overdoses and like a heat stroke. And it's to, to my knowledge, never been 105 at Bonnaroo. So like how many, how often was it people just like falling out because of the heat? Cause I would have. Well, let me first of all say that, you know, I did Bonnaroo this year and I'm going to be honest. I think it was harder because it was right. sweltering. Bonnaroo this year yeah, was right. about 95. It was like 90 to 95 almost every day. And it was so humid that like you just, mm-hmm. I mean, it was yeah. awful. Uh, so actually, like a blanket, a right. damp blanket. It was shorter. It. it was four days. We did five because we went a day early. So that was easier. But Bonnaroo otherwise was harder. Um, as far as I know, I, I don't know for sure. As far as I know, though, there were no deaths at Bonnaroo this year. I think that deaths at festivals are one of those things that come in cycles because they happen. We had four deaths at the last Bonnaroo. And I think everybody was careful this year and everybody was right. like not being an idiot because of that. Uh, I don't know what. And Barney so the Man- next one, everybody's going to be like, nobody died last year. Let's let it rip. Yeah, I really believe that. Yes. As far as yeah. I know, there were two deaths at Burning Man. One was, this is really sad, uh, a premature birth. Uh, I don't know how oh, pregnant the lady was. She wasn't expecting it to happen. You know, she wasn't at right. Burning Man eight months pregnant. The, did did the situation have anything to do with it? I have no idea. I'm certain that person will believe that and blame themselves forever now, uh, which is brutal. <laughs> um, and then uh, actually an attorney from Tennessee. There was well, a really fine. nice tribute to him that was being passed around some of the Reddit threads and all that. He was an older man. He had a heart attack in his RV. Uh, was it the heat and partying? Maybe. Uh, this guy, I went and read his um, obit. It was really cool. He was a judge. He was de- Democrat, Tennessee Democrat judge appointed by, um, was it Sunquist who we had? That was the uh-huh. liberal governor, Trey. He was appointed by Sunquist. Uh, he was high up in the appeals court. He was an actor. Uh, the picture of him, he's, he looked Damn. like your dad, actually. Might have been Bredesen. Oh, really? 
Bill Bredesen was the governor too as a Democrat. Yeah. Had a He'd John like, Lithgow thing going on. Yeah. And he was that a big hits. guy and he was playing uh, somebody in a Mark Twain, the picture they use of him. He's got an old seersucker suit on. Uh, anyway, everybody had great things to say about that dude. Um, I have to so, imagine that at one point that guy, when someone says, how do you want to go out? He was like, I want to die in my sleep in my RV at, at Burning Man. I mean, that was <laughs> you know? literally every reaction from people on that Reddit <laughs> thread who was older. Like a lot of people were like, uh, I might get emotional in a minute and I can tell you guys why in a few minutes, but I'm also just exhausted. But all the comments was really beautiful. were like, uh, Hey, I'm 60. And I don't want to die when I'm 63, but if I do, it better fucking be yeah. a burning man. Yeah, right. So, yeah, at least a uh, last happy memory. So ain't, ain't nobody sprint have first into the fire this year or nothing like that? That's happened before. <laughs> yeah. That's happened twice as far as I know. At a protest? No, it Just happened out in Just out of lunacy, I reckon. I don't know. Yeah, right. Last time was 2017, and you know, a lot of people saw it. Not everybody saw it because right. it's such a big event. You'd have to be on the exact side. And there are people out there, both firemen and security. And apparently that guy was the Barry Sanders of Burning Man. Like he broke like, three tackles. <laughs> uh, I don't know it if, was brutal. if it was the most recent one, but one of one of the ones I saw, I read on Reddit that, uh, and I, this absolutely blew my fucking mind because I just assumed it's like, I do, that guy's completely out of his gourd on way too much, you know, hallucinogens or psychedelics or something like that. But one of the dudes who ran face first in the fire, they did a toxicology report and he was stone cold sober. And that, yeah, he planned it. And that, and that is the most up. recent one. Like, yeah, that's he, a, he wanted to die there. That's but wild, like, dude. I mean, maybe this is just the old drug taker in me, but I'm like, if I'm going to die, I'm going to mm -hmm. at least get one more in before, you know what I mean? Like, well, yeah, how you know how long does coke stay in your system? Maybe he got because it was the last day. Maybe but he had a great it, three days. According to the drug test that I failed at Tractor Supply, it at least stays in your system for four days. So I know that. Well, the drug tests you take at Tractor Supply are probably the most accurate on the planet. <laughs> okay. I mean that. So, <laughs> so I also saw people yeah. on Reddit complaining about. Uh, they were calling them plug and play, plug and play sites. Yeah. Or, you know what that mm -hmm. means? What's I don't. The, yeah. What does that mean in the context right. of Burning Man? To explain it fully, I guess I have to explain how Burning Man works. And I guess yeah, I don't know. I don't I know the difference right between about. it and Bonnaroo. Huge difference. Um, <sighs> okay, uh, my favorite thing about it was while viewing it. I kept coming back to, I cannot believe people do this just because they want to. And here's what <laughs> I mean by that. Bonnaroo is a money-making venture. Burning Man is an organization where the ticket, which is admittedly expensive, just pays for the crew to clean up so that they can leave no trace and organize everyone in the meantime. That's literally all it is. It's not owned by anybody. They own themselves. <laughs> it's a nonprofit, right? So, they organize camps in uh, a, a circle and the address is clock shaped. So it's letters. Yeah. The streets are letters and then a clock. I was at 930 where 930 is on a clock and E. Right. So it's like the streets are the Esplanade, which is the main part, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, all the way, I think, to K. Uh, those camps, there's free camping, but that, those are few and far between. Most camps are themed. In order to get a spot okay. as a, at a themed camp, you have to present what your theme is and then say what you will provide the playa. They don't sell anything at Burning Man at all except for ice. And the reason they so do BYOB. that. BYOB. Yes. It, ice is the only thing they sell. The reason they do that is if they relied on volunteers for that and not someone who wanted to make money, they might run out of ice and people might die. Right. right. So there's nothing else for sale there. <laughs> So there's bars. People come in and they say, our theme camp is an Irish bar. We're going to oh, set great. up a shade structure with a bar. We're going to have this many beers on tap. We're going to be open from 8 p.m. to midnight every day. People can come and get beers. And so the festival itself, half of it is being around the camps. And it's too big for you to see it all. I played giant skee ball. There was putt-putt. Uh, there was a camp that was a bar, but they also had a um, nipple tassels that you could make your own. It was called Nipple Crime. Nice. Uh, nipple camp, Crime? Yeah. 
the camp across the way from us that was the coolest camp was called Daddy Issues. They had a dad rock day. Dad made you pancakes one day. They had cam beer day what? where they gave away free cam beer, but and also told you you were like, you know, you were good at stuff, like a supportive dad. They had dad <laughs> joke day where people wrote dad jokes all week and then they read them out loud while giving everyone beer. Our camp was called Camp in a Pro Pirates. We did coffee in the morning. But then we all dressed like pirates and you could walk our plank. And the plank was a wobbly board that had a Jenga set with a dick on the top of it. And if you could get all the way in and grab the dick, you win. We celebrate you. You just get a sticker. If you lose, you can play again, <laughs> but you have to take your clothes off. It was strip plank, essentially. Ooh. We also had a rack, like they put pirates in the rack and you could get flogged. So we were like just inappropriate <laughs> pirates. God damn. Yeah, it there it is. There that is, is yeah. so Raven. Where the um, hell you come up with that? At? Like, or like what? I don't and know. And also, who determined? There's just people that are people. I, who? <laughs> yeah, we're, camp, our capitalist brains are not able together, to function. How do the camps come together? Who's the person that so says, like, yeah, that's it. That's the thing we're going to do. And then, like, yeah. you go from there. How, do you get yeah. put into a camp or you have to apply no, have to, to be in a camp? Some camps, like rushing. Will let you, some camps will let you apply to be in them. Um, those are the more popular ones, um, like that are somewhat famous for various reasons. And uh, they do the same one every year. Like every year it's like, we're doing those this. ones do other people. I would assume rotate as far as just like, I mean, because you want to, there is an online system through the Burning Man organization that you can say, I have a camp. Here's how many people we have and we want a spot. And then they will say, okay, here's what neighborhood you should be in if you get accepted. But no, you. that's what I'm saying. And my favorite thing, the thing that was most moving about it to me is there were like 80,000 people there, Trey, who just did all the things you just said just because they want to. When Burning Man right. first started, it was just a random party in the desert, and they started doing that stuff. This culture sprung up naturally. Now it has to be more organized because there's more people, but they were doing that kind of thing I just mentioned on their own basically from the beginning. So if you yeah, just decide one year if you want to go to Burning Man, right? And you never been, but you think it's for you. Yeah. Maybe you and your old lady or something. What? How do you? How you do you go about options. doing that? Do you have to know well, somebody have, that goes, or you could free camp? So you, there's places where it's just people camping. They kind of put them on one end. You know what I mean? And that's not an interesting neighborhood to be in, but you can just stay there in your RV or with your tent. Or you can. there are camps where you can find online where you can apply to join them. Other than that, yeah, you have to know somebody. Andy and I were invited to join a, a camp, and we thank them if they are listening. The Inapro Pirates, correct? Mm, out of Santa Cruz for the most part. Yeah, I'm definitely understanding more what you mean about I can't believe that there's people who want to do this just because they want to do this. Because, like, if you'd have laid all that out to me, I was like, oh, this is they're clearly making a lot of money because this is super cool. But, like, it's just that people want to have fun, mm -hmm. and that is the only thing that they're motivated by. Okay. Yes. What about that's, so so that's no the camps vendors? The, no vendors, right. no food. You Are you expected to bring all your – own food or these different themed camps some of them serve food and you can plenty of them serve that. food and you, you can't work with that but you are expected to bring your own so one of the things about Burning Man is radical self-reliance when they first started it they came up with like you know the 10 tenants or however many there are and I mean it's not like yeah. it's not a cult you don't have to memorize them but you should probably familiarize yourself with them for many reasons one is on the radical self-reliance thing you know, they expect that of you. If you showed up with no food or not in a camp that is, you know, providing food for you, uh, they're going to be like, well, good You're luck because most yeah. of your day you'll find food, but then that's yeah, what you're right. doing all day instead of, you know, fucking partying uh, or having cooler, more spiritual moments, which was genuinely a big part of it, too. Um, the plug and play to answer that, that's what got me started down this road is. Of course, you can turn it into a money-making venture. It is very frowned upon. Supposedly, if they find out, they'll kick you out. Now, a lot of people will say a lot of camps that have been around forever are plug-and-play, and they kind of get, you know, look the other way, good old boy system. But essentially what a plug-and-play is, Trey, is someone applies to be a camp, says they're going to do all this stuff, but then when they take applications, what they do is they go out and advertise, hey, for $8,000 – you will have an air conditioned room, a bathroom and meals. And so essentially they just do what everyone else was doing because they wanted to for fun. 
and they say, pay us and we'll allow it. One of the more infamous ones, there's apparently always Russian oligarchy type people there. Mm-hmm. And you cannot, at one thing at Burning Man is if you have a camp, you have to let people in at at least some part of the day because you're there to be a part of it. That's like one of the rules. Like you can't just build a wall and be like, we just, we stay to ourselves. Right. So these Russian oligarch kids have their like bodyguards and all that. But if, but when people, when burners find their camp, they'll just go in there, they'll go take over and they can't tell you, you can't come in or then you could go tell security and then they would never be allowed back or whatever, you know? So people just go in there and crash their party as it were, but that's probably only fun for a few minutes. Cause you know, they suck or whatever. Yeah. I wouldn't trust that the Russian oligarchs weren't going to do something to me just sure. because, hey, the 10 tenets of Burning Man. <laughs> well, it has more to do with, like, not wanting to get kicked out. You know what I mean? Oh, right. What what, what are these, like, famous ones you're talking about? The ones that everybody Thunderdome. What are the must-sees the must yeah, yeah, yeah. of Burning Man? Right. Well, I was told the New Orleans one, which I can't remember the name of, was, and I went there, and I was talking to a guy, and I'd never been, and I was like, hey, it's my birthday. I want to see some New Orleans-style music. And he said, it's the first time in 20 years we haven't had live music. So supposedly that one's always one to not miss. He also explained to me that the tent structure I was seeing was not normal. Apparently, they usually rebuild the French Quarter with like a facade. They have two stories with the iron bars and all that. And they were going through a rebuild that year. But that's supposedly one. I didn't get to experience it. The Thunderdome. Yeah, they were just like, oh, we heard you were coming inside of not hit this year. (laughs) Oh, it's your birthday? Normally, this hits. But but this year, we're not hitting. This year, we're we're off hitting this year. This only year you're going to be here? Yeah, we ain't going to hit this year. It normally hits real hard, though. <laughs> exactly. You nailed Happy it. Happy birthday. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I'm going to list ones I've heard of that I remembered for various reasons uh, or saw. I'm, there are many other famous ones, I'm pretty sure. Um, District is a big dance one. It's pr- it's the ones you see pictures and videos of, of gorgeous like fucking people dancing. They have music every day until sundown. Uh, Bubbles and Bass has music every morning until like noon. That's for people coming down for the most part. It's called Bubbles and Bass because they give you champagne. Um, the Thunderdome is Mad Max themed and metal music themed. And they have oh, a Thunderdome. Yeah. You, you get on bungee cord swings. It's one of the coolest things I've ever fucking seen. And they back you up. You're inside a dome, but people can climb up the dome. I did that and I watched. And they let go and you swing at each other and you collide in the middle and you have foam sticks in your hand and you just beat mm-hmm. the fuck out of each other. There's no sign helmets. Of there's maybe, but you, but there's a waiver <laughs> on your ticket on the way into Burning Man right. that literally says it, it does not matter what happens to you here. You can't sue it. I know us. Yeah, uh, right. They they swing you in. You beat the fuck out of each other. You try to grab onto each other so you can stay beating the fuck out of each other, and then they decide who wins. The energy there was unreal. I fucking loved it. I was going to take Andy. We had a midweek crash because of the heat that affected some of the plans we had. Um, speaking of, another famous one is the Orgy Dome. Didn't make it over there. Uh, got too stank. Really? Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> like they smelled you at the yeah, entrance yeah, and they were just you, like, yeah, oh, right. no. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, that, that's too that. much stank. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> they got like a stank meter, like a height <laughs> meter at a amusement yeah. park ride. It's like, you, yeah. you must stank less than this much <laughs> to enter the Orgy. Yeah. <laughs> you walk up, uh, the alarm goes off. Too much stank. Well. Yeah. <laughs> that, uh, no, that was a personal Roll decision, up, but that's hilarious. Um, <laughs> all those type camps, like the kinky camps and the strip club type camps, are all in one area. I saw something wild in one of those. There was a bar called Spanky's where you, to get a drink, you have to spin a wheel and it'll say, like, pretend you're a pony or get spanked over there by the spank machine or something like that. Uh, we went there once. It was tame. It was like being in New York. There were people wearing leather, but it was whatever, you know. Went there again, yeah. and there was something called the groping booth, and I saw legitimately the wildest thing I've ever seen in my life, which was a woman blowing various men. They were all mm. very good looking and very the involved man? with each other, everybody. And uh, mm. it went on for a while. I uh, I found that them doing that didn't make me uncomfortable, but after I went and looked through the hole – uh, being <laughs> it had holes in the walls, you know, so you could see in. Um, yeah. I found that knowing that people could watch me watch, like I, yeah, that, I, I didn't like that, so I didn't watch for very long. But that was anyway. That was an area. Um, 
What did I want to say? That's oh, called the Steinkohl. What was it called? The gr- it was a groping booth at a place the called Spankies. Um, it's, that's yeah, funny because the most the most popular college bar in Cookville, Tennessee, is also yeah. called Spankies. So yeah. it's like, and it it ain't nothing like that. Well, I don't yeah, know. Right. It's probably gotten like that before. Uh, you know. So I've only told y'all about the city. There's also what they call the playa, which you know, if you imagine a clock shape, in the center is where the man is that they burn at the end of the week. Groups not yeah, only that had make, to be so hot. I saw a big, I saw a big aerial picture of it, and I sent it to the group thread, and I was like, "Where y'all think Drew is in here?" And Mark said, "He right there in the butthole part." Uh, <laughs> but anyway, I know. So I feel like I know exactly. I could, I could now look at that picture and point and uh, determine where around about where you were because it yeah. totally looks like a clock. You're right. You right. said nine thirty, so and I it ends at ten and two. Out. There's yeah, nothing. Right. You know, yeah. So in the center yeah, is Playa, right. and in between ten and two, they call Deep Playa. So during the day, there's a lot of art out there. I mean, it's there all the time. But you can go look at these structures, and I mean, and it's world class. And a lot of it, they make out of wood and they burn it. Uh, and that, in and of itself, goes back to what I was saying. My favorite part is just realizing that people just do this just to do it. I mean, they build. Yeah. Right. I mean, elaborate, beautiful. It probably takes them three weeks to build after spending a whole year designing sculptures and structures, and then it's gone. Um, mm-hmm. So during the day, the playa is art. It's where the man is. It's where the temple is, which I'll get to in a minute. Um, Ooh. It is basically a, a sculpture garden during the day. At night, the, the part that I haven't gotten to yet is there's also things called art cars. Art cars are probably the most elaborate and expensive things there is other than maybe the camps, but they don't get destroyed every year. Art cars? That's what they call them. Most of them are traveling dance clubs that you dance in front of. Some of them do other stuff. Uh, There was one that was a slide. I, I, I truly cannot explain to you guys what it is. The most, one of the most famous ones is called mind warrior. I ended up seeing the sunrise one night, uh, there it is a did you see the sunrise pretty much every morning no no because it was so hot i had to go to sleep some yeah right because it was hard to sleep during the day we had an air-conditioned yurt but it only held like you know three people and there were 17 of us or whatever rotating right so i did get a couple naps in the yurt but uh i couldn't stay in it um anyway uh it the mayan warrior just as an example is a um giant big rig but you cannot tell it's a big rig. Maybe from underneath you could. It looks almost like a cruise ship. And there's stages and they've got all these women in, who dress like Mad Max dancing on it and a DJ. And you can dance in front of it. There's plenty of those. Uh, I was actually on one called Air Pusher. They were friends with some of our people. And one person in our camp DJed Air Pusher. <laughs> Air Pusher is an old Toyota pickup truck that has they built... From the back, you know those old Toyota camper trucks? You could put a camper oh, yeah. on top of it. It's like that, mm-hmm. but they, they built a platform and they made it look like a ship. And then instead of a sail, it has a fully inflated hot air balloon in the shape of a Zeppelin. Nice. So it looks like a ship is floating around the desert because they cover the truck mm-hmm. in these white umbrellas and cotton. Mm-hmm. And then they light them up so it looks like blue electronic clouds. So you have to get God, really damn. close to look into it to see that it's a Toyota truck. What it looks like is clouds moving with a boat on top of that, with a Zeppelin on top of that. There's a DJ booth. You're dancing. Art car. It looks like art. But there were art cars that there was one that looked like a front porch out of like Opie and Anthony and they serve cookies. And that was nice. You know, you Opie, run into that. You mean, you mean uh, wait, do you mean and, and Andy Griffith? Is yeah. that what you were talking about? Yeah, yeah. You said oh, Opie, and, Opie, you said and, Opie Anthony, and Anthony. The famous <laughs> shock jock New York radio program. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I was like, they did boys. front porches? Like, they didn't feel very front porchy to me at all. They, they were... <laughs> I'm fried, boys. I yeah. No, I get it. A- Andy yeah. Griffith, Anthony, Opie, Opie yeah. Griffith. No, I, I totally get what you were going yeah. for, but that's just completely the opposite of Andy Griffith. So that's at night, and they're all lit up with LED lights, both to make them look cooler, but also, of course, so that you don't get run over by one, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. That was the wildest thing. You need bicycles because every this place is so big to get around. Biking across the playa at night and seeing how many there are, I cannot express to you how unreal and 
I don't think I've ever used the phrase mind blowing. It blew my goddamn mind. And again, for no reason other than yeah, we want I mean, to. I mean, look, that, don't get it twisted. I mean, you're blowing my mind right now just hearing it. Well, again, don't get it twisted. Like, the people who do the Mind Warrior probably also have a dance club in San Francisco or something. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Like Promotion. outside of Burning yeah, right. Man, they have a following now. But when yeah, you're on right. the playa and you see that, I, I don't know how many art cars there are. I'm not exaggerating. Maybe a thousand. They're, and really? They're, and they're all lit up, moving in every direction. And there's lit up. Some of the sculptures, they're better at night. So they're lit up at night. And it's, I don't think I ever knew what mind blowing was mean. My brain truly could not wrap its head around like that this exists. I get yeah, why right. people go back and it becomes such a thing for them. It's inspiring in a way because it's like just to make art in the desert, party, get away from regular society in a way like, oh, everything's free. You don't have to buy anything other than ice and have a community. And that's what it is, is a community. People did all this and it's the, it is the biggest one in the world. There are, I've seen smaller versions of that. This was mind blowingly big and, and beautiful. Is, sincerely. Is Burning Man like as big now as it has always been or is it I like think tapering so, down? But I think the crowd that, is that keeps it going is they're Gen Xers for the most part. And yeah, I'm not right. saying there's no millennials and Gen Zers involved and that they won't eventually replace it. But if it looks to me like it's been slow going, you know what I mean? Like getting was, that young blood in there. So you're, so you're actually considered a young person at Burning Man. I uh, probably in the middle. I mean, there's plenty, listen, there's plenty yeah, right. of 25 year olds. It's just that they don't have, well, look, dude, the fucking mine warrior supposedly cost $3 million to build. Yeah. Right, right. So no, there's no 23 year olds doing that shit. You know, these are tech bros. That's why it's so associated yeah, right. with the tech industry and oh, for better that. or for worse, they fund a lot of it, you know? Yeah. Right. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I've, I've said, I think we've talked about it before. I think I've never really understood Burning Man, but I feel like now I sort of do. I can definitely see how all that hits. I never had had it, never talked to anybody that had gone. And I was always like, all right, it's like an art party in the desert. That's cool, I guess. And there's no money. And it all just was pretty nebulous to me. And my main thing was always like, okay, but there's no lineup of super hitting bands. Yeah. Oh, there, that's there okay. are. It was always, yeah, that was my question. But there are. I mean, like, you know, okay. it's like most of the bigger stars are EDM stars. I will acknowledge that, but it's not like a lineup. Like you pay and you marshmallow out there, huh? Marshmallow was he out there? I don't think he hits for them. Mm. Okay. What? He might though. He may <laughs> hit real hard for him. I have no he idea. Hits. The, the but, burning uh, ass desert is a tough place. It's a dangerous place for a sentient confection reader. Now, Mr. I mean, Butt. <laughs> Mr. Butt yeah. one day will DJ play. Butt. DJ yeah. Butt. DJ Butt. DJ Butt would do great. But um, <laughs> Diplo played this year. You know, I didn't see it. Uh, but, like, uh, some of the bigger stages, they have enough money to get these people in. Is Diplo course, one of the... Well, Diplo is probably most famous at this point as a producer because he's, like, produced Justin Bieber mm -hmm. and a bunch of other people. Uh, there were other names that people around me seemed to know, but that I didn't know because mm. I don't listen to a lot of EDM. But, I mean, Daft Punk apparently um, played there multiple years back in the day before they were huge. You know, they were big in that community before they were worldwide known. So, you know, there's names you would recognize, but it's just not on the ticket. You know, you kind of find out the week before. Yeah. But yeah, I just always you know, I went to Bonnaroo and loved it. But it's it's a fucking you know it's a marathon. It's, a it's like not it's not easy, right? I yeah, know. No. But I'm saying it's like it'll beat you down even in your yes. fucking twenties. And it was always yeah. like in my head, I was like, but it's worth it because like I saw fucking Beastie Boys and Public Enemy back to back one night, yeah. you know, and then I don't even remember what else, but some other super hitting shit too. And it's like, and that's what. It was Beastie Boys, Jay Z, Public Enemy, I think, back to back That's to back. Great. And it's like, and uh, how and was Jay Z like live? Fucking, literally, maybe may the best concert I've ever been to in my entire life. Nice. Like, part of that was I didn't have very high expectations for it, cause right? Because like Jay Z hits for me, but he wasn't like one of my guys. But I was like, of course, I'm gonna check it out. And dude, he was fucking unreal i mean he was off the chart he had a live band and was just absolutely smashing the whole fucking time it was really good anyway in my head it was always like that's the 
Like that's what the trade off is. Like that's what mm-hmm. you know. That's the reward for it or whatever. So when I'd hear about Burning Man, it was like, yeah, but it's not. It's not a music festival. They don't have all that going on. And so I was always like, well, then what? I don't understand the point of yeah, it right. then. But I right. feel like I do now uh, after yeah. this conversation with you. It's making well, more sense to me. I mean, it does sound like a good time. Well, it is a good time. There's also just regular bars that serve mimosas. And there's a bunch of old boys who drive RVs out there and look at titties and fucking have the best week of their life who have a very different experience than me. There are people who only do more like I think for the most part, calm, spiritual type shit, which I did some of, but there's workshops. There's, um, you know, there was one place we went to because it was hot. They served us kombucha and there was misting. It was a misting tent and, the, and big oh, fans. Yeah. You just chill out in there. Uh, my buddy Lou, who invited me more of a day guy than a night guy. He doesn't like EDM or Molly. He goes around to the neighborhood, checks out bars, gets into weird situations, uh, accosts strangers because a big part of Burning Man is fucking with people. His favorite thing to do is if somebody's really dressed up nicely, they call them sparkle ponies. It's kind of like the plug and play thing where they look down on you if you come for the weekend and spend eight grand and don't really get the full experience. If he sees them taking a picture and it's some like really nice camera, in other words, they're doing a thing. It's probably a model who's paid to be there. He just walks up and starts talking to him and pretends to be clueless as to what they're doing. Ask them where <laughs> they got their shirt, hangs out for a while, starts taking his clothes off. Uh, they're like, People have their own fucking experiences. Like I said, I partied, but I played giant ski ball. Uh, there was a putt putt thing. That how I, giant? How big were the balls? Like bowling ball size? The balls were normal. Was were only maybe slightly bigger than normal. The ski ball alley runway was yeah like the size of a small road. It it ruled. Nice. Uh, uh, what? How? What? How pooping is? <laughs> you know not great it's porta potties they're yeah. cleaned every day they pay it that's another yeah. thing they use your ticket money for is to keep that going you know what i mean they clean them every day people are respectful way more respectful than bonnaroo because it's, yeah. it's bonnaroo, a, bonnaroo it's is rough. filth boy well it's a very rough. you know it's a uh, god maybe i sound corny it's a community and a big part of it is like hey clean up after yourself we don't leave a trace blah right. blah blah i'm not saying there wasn't no gross shit it was just way less than i saw at bonnaroo Way less gross stuff. Um, you know, also, we live there. I think Bonnaroo people, like, have their own team. I mean, I'm out. It's only three days, yeah, right. and it's like, I'm fucked up. Fuck it. But it's like, you're going to be back here tomorrow. Is this really what you want to do? Yeah, exactly. I, I know that I'm, like, perfectly middle-aged, and I say it, like, right dead in the center, because I'm young enough to where hearing everything you just described makes me go, man, that sounds rad. That is so awesome. I could see why that hits for people, but I'm just old enough to go and I'm never going like I'm ne- <laughs> I'm not going to experience that because like that sounds again so awesome. But like I'm fucking worn out just hearing you talk about it. Well, the other I thing I, I haven't brought up a week. I know that yeah. I am sure I may if I go maybe back, two, I, three I, days, maybe, right. but ain't no if, way I can do a whole week. If I go back, I'll probably do five. It's hard. You can't experience it all, period. The reason I do five is like if it gets hot, you know, you're going to be laying down in the middle of the day anyway. So I would do five just to see enough of it because it's it's unfathomably big. But the other thing I haven't brought up is the dust. It, yeah. It gets oh, yeah. That ain't it. Everywhere. It's alkaline because it's a lake bed. That that place will be a lake in the spring. Um, apparently, it's really hard to get off and can be hard on your cars. The only way to get off your skin is vinegar, but vinegar dries you out. That part of it, there's just no way to mentally prepare for. You just kind of got to get over it. Andy and so I. So you're just covered in dust and vinegar right now? Oh, uh, no. I mean, I'm clean now. And... It don't get up in your butt yeah. uh, or anything like yeah. that. And it's real fine. It's mostly like a, it's fine. It falls off of you, but then it just leaves this hazy layer and you just feel kind of dry. Dirty. In a weird way. Andy and I are, we're both very high maintenance in our own ways, but we're not very physically high maintenance. So it was fine. But I saw some people like, you know, you'll have days where you want to have a meltdown. That's, that's again, a a huge part of it for me is like, you know, when me and you went to Bonnaroo together, I, I, I did let it go for a couple days and just let myself stank and all that stuff. But like about two or three days, if I'd have stayed there one more day, I'd have lost my motherfucking mind because I just can't. Sweating my balls um, and dirt yeah, on me. And I did shit. a little bit about Bonnaroo. I have been doing one from this year. And one thing that I say in there, and it sort of was a realization for me, is like a lot of people don't want to go to a music festival because they see pictures and they're like, 
you just kind of become an animal. But like mm-hmm. that is definitely the appeal for me. Like that's a yeah, that's a sure. feature. Yeah, oh, yeah. If if you're into be, that. It used to be for me too, because I because I'm not. I'm. I feel like unlike you, like you have those tendencies. More, that was a huge departure for me. That type. Yeah, of thing. right. Like I'm not that type of dude, but I would go to Bonnaroo and be that type of dude for like three or four days, and it really hit for me. You know. Uh, yeah. Well, that's another like thing said, I think just, about Burning Man. Just going kinda, balls out and getting wild. Right. You know. Um, you can kind of be a different yeah. person, and like that's a big appeal for people. They have names. Uh, it's like, oh, it's a ply name. Somebody else has to give it to you allegedly, but I'm sure people pick their own. And it's like a lot of people, you just meet them as whatever their ply name is, and you don't get to know shit about them outside of that area. And that's why they like it. You know, it's like you can go there and be a different um, person. Were there we like buskers need, and stuff? Like, need, dude, we no, need but to take another break. Okay. Uh, oh yeah, you're right. You're right. And I'm wondering. I'm wondering. If there's, if we're gonna keep doing Burning Man, or if we're gonna talk at all about uh, a certain incident that transpired with, uh, with Corey, oh God, over the weekend. I mean, we can if you want to. Well, either way, we're gonna do whatever we're gonna do right after this. All right, we'll take a break. We'll be right back. Uh, Burning Man. I mean, was there any other anything you want to? Make sure and say or leave us with or whatever, because I do want to get into no. what happened to Corey. There's two stories. One, if I tell it, it will totally bomb this podcast in the sense of we won't get to Corey. Uh, maybe yeah. I'll tell it next week. Maybe I'll never tell yeah, it. Yeah, be good. Uh, there's a very wild thing that I experienced, like insanely wild. And then okay, the only well, thing, yeah, another thing, more wild that. than the dick sucking hole. Please save that. And then uh, I'll save that. And then. Maybe I'll save this too, or maybe I'll tell this now so I don't sully it when I tell the other wild story. The temple, we went to the temple. I, I didn't know what to expect. Oh, yeah. It was essentially a memorial. There were other people like leaving things behind, like their, I don't know, uh, something from their old job where they don't want to work there anymore or something like that. You know what I mean? But for the most part, it was pictures of people who had passed. And um, mm-hmm. mm. other than. And this is such a weird comparison. I'm not comparing it at all. It's just the only thing that's moved me like this. The Holocaust Museum is the only thing that has ever had the same effect on me. And the reason why it was so, I guess, effective is similar to what I was saying about the camps and the art cars. These are some of the most talented people in the world. So it's not just like a memorial where it was like a picture and it said, rest in peace. There were paintings. There were sculptures. It was a memorial built by at least 70% of the people who built it were artists, like very, very fucking probably employed as an artist, talented. So you walk in and it's death, but it's also life and joy. Um, It was, I'm kind of a cynical guy. It was so unbelievably moving that I just started crying almost uncontrollably for about five minutes. And then I left. And even though I spent maybe five minutes there, I will remember that probably way more than all the buttholes I saw. Did Um, you cry more or less than you did at the Holocaust Museum? I was in eighth grade when I went to the Holocaust Museum. So more Mm because I didn't cry. I just felt uncomfortable and was like, I don't think I'm going to check off for two days out of respect. Yeah, right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I have a buddy think I'm gay in this Holocaust Museum. <laughs> oh, all oh, right, Corey. What the fuck, man? Um, <clears throat> well, you know, I told y'all before that I didn't even really want to. I was out of pocket. I barely know what's going on. That's right. That I, I don't mind talking about it, but I definitely wanted to wait to the end because I didn't want to bring this podcast down because I'm, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm sort of mad. Uh, I'm, I don't know if. A lot of y'all saw, but this weekend I uh, was I took part in a in an event called Top Guy Weekend, and that is uh, Conrad Thompson's podcast empire. He has a thing called Ad Free Shows Network. If you're the if you pay the most on their Patreon every year, they let you know they throw this big event. It's a who's who of wrestling. There's wrestling matches. There are panels, and I was asked to do a panel. They had a show canceled like last minute and they needed to fill like an hour. And so the, Conrad asked me, he's like, do you, do you have any ideas? And I was busy working on some other stuff. So I just kind of sh- pitched out to him. I said, hey, what if like me, you and Cassio get up there and we watch old wrestling promos? And 
we kind of do a play by play on them and maybe we break them down from an entertainer's point of view. And maybe we have like a rotating fourth chair of, of guests. And he was like, that'd be great. That'd be awesome. Let's do that. And I was like, okay, so we get there and I get to meet Jeff Jarrett for the first time. Well, I'm sure a lot of our listeners know De- Jeff Jarrett, double J, uh, third, second or third generation talent. And I meet him and he had this idea He's like, hey, we really need to make that. Uh, we need to make that. It's the last show of the night. We're going on at midnight. We got to leave them wanting more tomorrow. And I'm like, well, well, you know, all right, what kind of ideas do you have? And so we ran through a couple, and it was that they were going to play a Jarrett promo at the end. I was going to shit on it, and he was going to come on stage and slap me. Slap me. He was going to slap me. So everybody out there that's seen this on Twitter is talking about, oh, this is a work. This is fun. Yes, it's a it's a goddamn wrestling show. It was staged in the sense that I knew that Jeff Jarrett was going to come up and slap me, and I was more than willing to take the slap. That's that's not what he did. That's not what he no. That's not <laughs> no, what he did. No, he, he, <laughs> no I no. am sitting there, and I got my cue that was like, "Hey, I'm going to say this," and I turn uh-huh. around, and Jeff Jarrett is coming at me. And listen, I, I'm I'm a comedian. I, I'm used to being in control of my own show and everything. I almost didn't even see the guitar because my brain was going, <laughs> I've met this guy. He's he's hugged me in the back. I've met his wife and he's going to slap me. And before Did I could wrap guitar? my head around it. Yeah. Before, <laughs> yeah. I before keep I could you wrap, haven't seen this, dude. <laughs> it's wild. There's a video. Yeah, yeah, and I'll oh, yeah. and I'll play it. I'll play it right here. I can't. I don't have the technology to do it right pants, now. But I'll play it. I'll put it in this podcast. But <laughs> the next thing I know, I'm on the ground, buddy. Like I'm talking straight acoustic? up. Exploded uh, straight up, uh, exploded uh, an acoustic guitar right over to B. I felt bad. And you for the really guitar. didn't no know guitar deserves that. You know, so I knew that you, Jeff Jeff Jarrett was going to slap me. You didn't. And know here's he was what I think. Hit you with that that right above my finger. I listen, listen. I make my living Splintered with my face. It, buddy. I do. I'm auditioning every day. This is my fucking life. This right here is the moneymaker. I would never agree to take a guitar to the head. I mean, I could, it could have broke my neck. I'm not trained for that type of thing. Where did he and hit you? here's what I think. Dude, the, the face, head, the head, dude. like every, like, dude, I'm like, right here. Uh, by the way, I have my, sw- I've, I'm in my swivel chair. I normally don't have my swivel chair. The reason I'm in my swivel chair is because I can't turn my head to the right right now. Like I can't physically move my head to the right. My eye over real? here is a little swelled up. Is this a so, wrestling thing you're doing to me? Again, no, I again, we, we listen, I, I knew that I was going to get slapped. Like, we worked out the angle. I was so fucking happy. I was in the back. Me, it was me and Mick Foley uh, and Jeff Jarrett and uh, David Crockett. And I'm in the back, and we're li- we're working out this wrestling angle. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm really a part of something. And here's what I fucking think that Jeff Jarrett did. I think that Jeff Jarrett was just kayfabe and me to my face oh this is gonna be great Corey. you're gonna love it what i think it is is that i'm not one of the boys yeah and he saw me get so excited about this and he thought oh i'm gonna show him now okay fair were you being Maybe annoying when, well when we okay so the the, the whole gimmick drunk? was he, talking about how much you hit okay <laughs> yeah a little bit and so here's the deal i was supposed to i was supposed to insult his wife and we had worked out how i was supposed to insult his wife but then she came over and slapped Casio, which was unplanned, and that made me mad. So I called her a ring rat whore. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I guess Jeff, probably what his argument's going to be is no, I told you I was going to slap you, but you also didn't tell me you were going to call my wife a ring rat whore. You and that's true that to I him? didn't. Like afterwards? No. No, my attorney told me that it wouldn't be good. My attorney, Mike Dawkins, who I've, I've talked to and we discussed litigation because in my opinion i was assaulted no i'm not i'm not anymore (laughs) i don't think i'm going to anymore because i was told like hey why don't you just settle this like a man and i was like you know what i am being kind of a bitch right now like fuck suing him that's not how do you settle it like a man jeff jared people 
People forget, people forget, but Jeff Jarrett, he's tight with Pac-Man Jones, dogs. So you, you end up yeah. getting fucking, you end up getting shot. Oh, I'm not. I want to. I want to go ahead I and mean, say right here, right now on the podcast, Jeff Jarrett, if you're listening, he does sue you. I will be your attorney for free. <laughs> well, the the point is, is that I don't really feel safe because Jeff is only a couple hours away, and like I know that I've insulted his wife, but again, I thought we were doing a thing. I thought we don't. were doing a thing, and oh, he I was think, doing a thing. I think that he took liberties with me because I'm not quote one of the boys. Maybe I he think thought that he... it was like indoctrinating you. Yeah, is that yeah, the that's word? what I was going to say. Initiating you, initiate whatever rite of passage. Yeah, yeah I like, agree with Trey. Like I hear you that he lives close, but I feel like in his mind, this is fucked up. But in his mind, that was a positive thing. Like oh, yeah, like he's going to love wrestling. this. Yeah. Well, frankly, I'm more upset at his wife because, like, I get it from his angle. Like, I called his wife a whore, and he attacked me. Like, you know, all of us, whenever the Will Smith, Chris Rock thing happened, we were like, all right, I mean, I get it. Like, if you if that had happened at a regular party, it and he just slapped him, everybody been like, yeah, man, don't talk shit, you know. <laughs> but, like, she took liberties on Casio when he had done nothing. Like, she just walks up and slaps him in the face. And, he again, I'm not prepared for this. Whore. No, he no, he didn't. I called her one after she slapped my friend, which I think Cassia. is justified. I don't know. I mean, we were all up there talking shit, but we had just shit on Road Dog Jesse James was up there, and I fucking talked shit to him to his face about his promo, but he knew that it fucking sucked. You know what I mean? Like he was, he was like, yeah, whatever. It's twenty years ago. He knows that I'm a comedian, and I was just doing fucking jokes. Like that's the whole point here. It was an act. It was a gimmick. I was just up there telling jokes, and in my opinion, I got hit in the face for telling jokes. And I'll be honest with you, when the whole Chris Rock shit happened, I was maybe a little um, uh, more jaded about everything. I was I was like, hey, whatever, guys. But now, I get it. Like, I was just standing now there doing my job. Yeah, I never thought that it would. I never thought I'd be in this position. So, yes, everybody uh, that's saying, oh, it was clearly staged. It was staged for me to get slapped, not get hit over the face with a fucking guitar. And if you don't think it's real, go to my fucking Twitter and look at the blood on the back of my neck. Okay? Look at my fucking shoulder. Look at my goddamn shoulder right here. You can't see. It's fucking black and blue. It's fucking black and blue. fake the... I mean, just watch the... I don't what how do people think that that was faked? I mean like I don't the understand guitar it. pretty clearly exploded. Explodes <laughs> on top of what? the bee. Do they think it's uh, fake or staged? Extreme level of violence. Well that staged like, way to me it, it's like it had to fucking hurt. Of course like, it was staged, but again like I said it was staged for me to get slapped in the face. I got to watch this but, video. I wasn't going to cuz I don't want to jack off on the podcast, but I got to see this. It's I'm too hyped. And by the way, I was unconscious. And you I mean, want I me loved to, it. And you <laughs> want me to prove to you? Do you great. want me to prove to you how I know I was unconscious? I have bad uh, knees. I famously have bad knees. And if famously. you watch the video, I drop directly to my knees, which is not something that I would have chosen to do. I would have tigers. chosen I would have chosen a different way to fall. I was unconscious, laying on the floor. Oh, he got a standing an ovation. He deserved it too. Yeah, dude, oh, did you just watch right? it? Yeah, I'm it's watching great. it right now. I went to college with a girl named Jess Jarrett, and they have the same haircut. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> that's really all I feel like saying about it right now because, like I said, I don't intend to sue at this moment, uh, but I have been talking to my attorney, Mike Dawkins, and I am worried about, you know, uh, I don't know, uh, what's the word, uh, implicating myself on something that maybe i don't i don't know uh the legal legal ramifications for well you'll say um, something but, that'll go against what he was going to say in court and then they'll you know they'll have this video right. up of you are you right why are you wearing a highlighter shirt what does that say caterpillar uh, oh yeah that's it's funny because i think i think of you every time i oh. wear that shirt when i was in new york I was I went to Macy's to get like a new outfit to wear on stage and I saw these Adidas pants that matched my shoes and then I was like, "Oh, that shirt over there kind of looks like it matches those pants." And I get over there and it's a like stylized caterpillar like the shirt our papaws would have worn but on sale at Macy's for like 50 bucks. And I was like, "Oh god damn it, this is Drew's joke." But yeah, it fit me a lot better about 10 pounds ago. I was a little swole up this weekend. This rules. I'm just watching it. I know, right? I'm just watching it on loop. 
you came through. Yeah. Well, I'm glad. Yeah. I'm, glad that, I'm glad I that y'all like, think I, it's so fucking great. I like, and I can't quit watching this. Fucking and thing. you know what? I lost a thousand followers on Twitter. So this is the type of fucking what? world that we live in. For I lost what? a thousand fo- you could, for you this. Could sue him for that too. I think that order gained you followers. Twitter, you followers. would think it would. No, 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 no. People watched me get assaulted and decided that when I needed them most, they're fucking out. Yeah. I had people tweet at me and they <laughs> said, "This fame. is not the quote. This is not the quote content that I follow you for." Yeah. Well, I'm fucking sorry that I got like assaulted and you were and it. Yeah, I'm sorry that instead of me sitting in my car. Uh, screaming at my phone about whatever fucking cause is important to your dumb ass. I was getting assaulted on stage. I, I really apologize for that. Yeah. I'll, I'll go do an extra abortion rights fucking uh, rant for you. How about that? You I dumb agree bitch. with you, Corey. I would assume that the people you've garnered over the last two years would love you being the victim. So I really think that I'm surprised by them leaving you. Well, Me it too. makes no, it makes no sense. And uh, it's not the last that you'll be hearing of, from me, to, look like uh, a, as it pertains to Jeff Jarrett, it looked like a foal being born when you pop mm-hmm. through. Yeah, it looked yeah. good. I mean, if nothing else, you got that going for you. I hope that that gives you some. I don't want to say peace. Oh, I don't want to downplay what happened, but I hope you understand that it looked oh. good. It looked the fall was good. Not, you know, yeah, that's because I was unconscious. Yeah, I'm saying good job. Yeah, well, thank you. Good. I don't want to upset him either because it also hit for me. But what are you going to do anyway? Won't you sing us out if you ain't too concussed? Hey, real quick, sorry. if the people who I'm I sorry. went to, real quick, but the people I went to Burning Man with end up listening because I know some of them said they were going to to see what I said. I want to say thank you to them, thank you to the Inter Pro Pirates, thank you to Lou, and uh, thank you, um, yeah, to everybody. It was awesome, and I realized that my experience, probably me describing Burning Man, is not what other people feel, but it hit. Thanks. Well, I thought it was great, and uh, thank you all for listening to the Well Read Show. We'd love to stick around longer, but we got to go. Tune in next week if you got nothing to do. Fuck you, Jeff Jarrett. I really hate you. Shouldn't have said that. It'll be used in court against you. Well, we'll see. Skew. Skew.